The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Good Friday morning, too. It is a numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. All proudly brought to you by BetMGM. It's Gil Alexander. It is Kelly Bidlin, producer number nine. So much more than a producer. Good morning, Kelly. Hello. Got a good show today. Paul Carr talking World Cup final. Argentina and France. His thoughts on that. And also the uh, the Constellation game. You know, back in the day before you and I were... Uh, actually, I was, I was still on Earth. I mean, I, I had gotten on Earth, uh, gotten to Earth by that point. Okay. You were probably not even alive yet. Congratulations! But when I was a ch- a, a wee tot, they used to play like consolation consolation games and stuff. Yeah, isn't this the third place game? Yeah, so they well they do this in the World Cup all the time. But I'm saying in American sports, sometimes they would do it. Really? Oh, like yeah. in what? Like I want to say they did it in. Someone will correct me if I'm wrong. Sorry on this. to put you on the spot. No, no, no. no but I, I think I want to say like college basketball. Did they not do really? that back in the day when I was a kid? I could okay. I could completely be wrong about this, but there were some sports where we did it. Uh, Michael Craig will join us from Right Angle Sports. A release will move some global lines with a college basketball release today. Chris Valika joins us. The Bear, um, who is uh, headed to Fox from ESPN, he says he wants to destroy me on something. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> he, said, he said, I got to destroy you on something. Looking forward to that. I can't wait. <laughs> As it's, long as I'm not involved, I'm looking forward to it's it. It's sort of an inside joke about the word destroy, because, you know, people are today, if they, like, disagree, I'm going to destroy you. I destroyed you on that. Uh, Adam Burke will join us in studio as well. And the hardest guest that we have to get today, we don't know if he's showing up or not, is actually a guy we know the best, Matt Brown, mm-hmm. from, yep. uh, you know, primetime action back in the day, now with the final countdown with Stormy Bonatoni. Uh, he's sort of he's sort of big-timing us. He, he, we don't know if he's showing up or not. He's just uh, he's yeah. straight ghosting me like, uh, I don't know, like he, he's every other uh, woman in my life, you know? He'll just ghost <laughs> me. If only we had a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Relationship with him. Right, exactly. We only knew him. Uh, last night, let us begin. We'll also go through all our, our football bets. We'll uh, review Survivor, all of that good stuff on a uh, Friday filled with football. Last night, of course, Thursday night football. The Niners beat the Seahawks 21-13. to I heard my father's voice at the end of this game, Kelly, and I heard him say to me, um, he's like, this is a one-score game. Uh, like, I'm a one-score game, which was his way. Like, he always had things in football. He had a very rudimentary knowledge of the sport of football. Uh, the most, I think the one that I talk about the most is when, when an offensive team had two consecutive negative plays, whether by sack, whether by penalty, whatever, he would say, Jesus Christ, they're going the wrong way. <laughs> and there would be like, so in, in his That's very great. ridiculous statements, there would be like a kernel of wisdom in the right. book. Oh, he, in my eight-year-old brain, I'd be like, 
What do you mean? They go, oh, he's, he's right. They have a bad offense. He's brilliant. He's a genius. So this game last night, you know, one-score game, like I'm a one-score game. This, What I mean by that is this is – the connotation of a one-score game is, well, the team that lost it, at least they kept it close and they had a chance. This was the worst example. This was not representative of what that means at all. This game felt like, first of all, just the feels, getting our feels for a second, felt like it was 41-13. to 13. But they, the Seahawks lose by eight in we got a. Got Matt Brown. Yeah, you know, there you go, Matt Brown. This just <laughs> thank in God we can move news. on with our lives. Uh, <laughs> our national nightmare is over. Matt Brown will be joining us later. So the Seahawks had a pick six that got negated by a ridiculous roughing the passer penalty on uh, Nick Bosa, flagged for playing football. The uh, Niners had a run down to the two yard line at the end of the game where they just kneeled on it. Um, and if you went through, and those and those are just two examples of how the game could have had a. Uh, a far different cosmetic score than the one they did. And if you go through all the uh, the Seahawks drives last night, five and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, field goal, uh, fumble that led to a Niners touchdown, um, bailed out by the Bosa roughing to have another field goal, then a 10 and out, if you will, three and out. Basically, it wasn't until the last five minutes of the game where they mounted anything that led to a touchdown drive. Um, and they never saw the ball after that. So they were completely dominated this game. And what does that mean from a uh, from a betting perspective? Two things. One, obviously a big – first of all, the Niners win the NFC West. Let's establish that. Congratulations to them. Brock Purdy looking good again. Brock Purdy and the, the Niners winning their seventh straight. They've allowed 17 points or fewer in every game of that win streak. Brock Purdy yesterday, 17 of 26 for 217. Two touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked once. By the way, he joins Aaron Rodgers as the only quarterback since at least 1950 to have a passer rating of at least 115 in each of their first two starts. That's the list. Rodgers and Purdy. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. And they outgained the uh, Seahawks 381 to 277, 170 to 70 on the ground. But it's a huge loss, obviously, for Seattle. They dropped to 7-7 seven and seven, that much further out of the uh, playoff picture, that much further on the outside looking in of the NFC playoff picture. Um Geno, 31 of 44 for 238, one touchdown, no touchdown, uh, no picks, three sacks in defeat. So, by the way, he was also hit nine times in this game. Seahawks only had one play longer than 20 yards. Oh, and by the way, Tyler Lockett, uh, Tyler Lockett suffering a broken bone in his hand late in the game. So from from betting perspective, what does this mean? So everybody, here's the thing about betting people are always prisoners of the moment N- not i'm not saying i'm not victim to that too we all are we're all human we all have the flaws of a human brain um after the show yesterday kirk chamberlain was waiting out for us we have a lot of people waiting for us um after the show or a lot of days we do kirk chamberlain who i think now that i think about it was the guy that introduced me to crack or introduced crack to me back in the day because he gave uh, crack my number but kirk is an Ohio State guy, and, and I reminded him yesterday as we walked out of the studio, we were talking about different things about how when Ohio State got rolled in the second half by Michigan, he was immediately, you know, I put out some tweet where I was like, I think Ohio State is still getting into the the playoffs, into the Final Four. And at that moment, he's like, he was like, oh, Gil, they're terrible. There's no chance. And a lot of people were saying that to the tweet, right? There's no chance. People become a prisoner of the moment when if you just stepped back, what I said to Kirk and everybody else at the time was, you have to understand, who cares if they got rolled in a half? They, they got rolled to an undefeated team, and so all it will take is one USC loss to get them back in it. And that's exactly what happened. So try not to be prisoner of the moment. So the prisoner of the moment thing right now is related to this game is Seattle loses. They're 7-7. Seven seven. Oh, my God, they're awful. There's no chance they're making the playoffs. 
okay, they're plus 160 on the yes to make the postseason. Uh, Their competitors, if you will, would be Washington, the Giants, and the Lions. Two of those four teams, along with the Seahawks, make the postseason. Now, if you believe Washington's going to beat the Giants this week, which I do, let's just use that as an assumption, that leaves the Giants, Seattle, and Lions fighting for one playoff berth. Let's just say, because Washington will have a big leg up. Nothing is done after this week, but let's just go for the purpose of this conversation. Yeah, right now, standing sit as Washington in the sixth seed, 7-5-1, and one, Giants 7-5-1 and one in seven plays, then Seahawks on the outside looking in 7-7, seven and seven, Lions 6-7. and seven. Yeah, so the so the, if the Giants are 7-6-1 seven, and one after this week, and if the Seahawks currently are 7-7, seven and seven, if the Lions, the Lions have the Jets this week, we'll find this out later, but I added this bet, I added the Jets yesterday. And a lot of people, we did this again in the preseason when it came to the Lions. Everybody got all gaga over the Lions, spread like wildfire. And until we had Rob Pozzola in here saying, what's with all the Lions, you know, craze? People love to latch on to Dan Campbell for some reason when the Lions are playing well. Well, they're playing the Jets. This is the step up in who the Lions, in terms of opponents' yards per play, the Lions in their five-game streak here, in playing Green Bay, Chicago, the Giants, Jacksonville, and Minnesota, have played the 26th, 29th, 27th, 25th, and 31st-ranked defenses in terms of opponents' yards per play. Plus, what, four of those at home? Yeah, I believe so. And this week, they're playing the Jets, who are third after San Francisco got to second last night. So this is a massive step up for Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions offense. By the way, they play Carolina on the road, 12th opponents' yards per play next week. So those are two big step-ups in defense. Yep. I actually believe they lose to the Jets. So if that's the case, if you're with me so far, then we're right back to where we were heading into the final three weeks of the season. And then here are the schedules. Can uh, Seattle's still got to play Kansas City on the road this week. That's a loss. Then they got the Jets and the Rams at home. The Giants, meanwhile, still have to go to Minnesota. Then they do have a chance home Indy, a better chance, And then their hope is that Philly will have everything locked up and that Philly won't play any players week 18 and they can still win that at Philly. But those are a lot of ifs for the Giants. Meanwhile, the Lions have the at-Jets at Carolina games before they get a little easier deal with Chicago at home and then they have at Green Bay. Who knows how that goes the final week. So I guess what I'm saying is, yes, plus 160 on the Seahawks ain't the worst bet in the world. I still think there's a because if they can if you basically it comes down to that Seattle Jets game to me, Kelly, because if if you give Seattle the loss at Kansas City and you give them the win at home the final week against the Rams, if they win that Jets game and go two and one, they're actually the team that has the the upper hand to me. Yeah, and plus one sixty is a hell of a number. You'd yeah. have to you'd have to have the Giants really do well or the Lions really do well to overcome that. So I think that's that's not the worst bet on the on the board. The other thing is yesterday, people are like, oh, Geno's not winning comeback player of the year. Man, I have no faith in them, though. Seahawks, I have no faith in them. I have no faith, but I'm just saying from a betting standpoint, is plus 160 a bad bet? I don't think it is. I think it might be a good bet. Geno yeah. Smith now with comeback player of the year, you're not buying it. I, I don't. I don't know. No, it's not that I'm not buying it. I have no idea. What, I agree that I think it's. I think Washington gets in yep. that last that last spot. I have no idea. I mean, I'd even hate to utter these words, but the Packers 
have an outside shot of getting in there. The number is what matters. Plus 160 to me is a good bet. Now, odds to win NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Everybody after last night saw Geno's not winning this. Really? I mean, was did they lose because of Geno? I don't think they did. Geno is, first of all, should he be minus 450? No, he shouldn't be. But should he still be the favorite? Yes. Because if you compare his stats to Jared Goff's, which we will do on the screen right here, Geno's stats are still better than Jared Goff's. And by the way, Geno's also number one in completion percentage in the entire NFL. And so if you really, and we've shown them right now, we'll come back, we'll show them after the break as well. And so it really, to me, would come down to Christian McCaffrey versus Geno Smith, and then that becomes a handicap of what you think people voting on an award care about. Do they care about somebody coming back legitimately from being good or a redemption story? And a redemption story about someone that you made fun of. We'll come back. Numbers game. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state of the art technology and fan friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1 800. 522-4700. We get tweets. We get texts. First of all, uh, this is uh, it's our buddy Las Vegas Chris. He said, uh, oh, yeah, he bet the Jets, by the way, playoffs plus 175. Um, he did that. He loves that. See, I, I like that one. I, I think the Jets make it in. 
Uh, we get tweets at beating the book. This is the lightest MX. Just flew into Vegas last night, Gil. Would love to come by the South Point and take a pick. I'm a loyal fan that's been listening to you for the past three years. Thanks for your great show and Numbers Gamer for all your betting advice. Come on by, man. Come on by after the show. We'll take a picture. Kelly will take one, too, though. He's a little harder to uh, to get on the pictures. No? Yes? Okay. Yeah, I'll take a picture. Come on, man. Uh, King R. I'm Jack. extremely photogenic. <laughs> you really are. <laughs> King R. Jack. Oh, he says, correct, Gil. They used to have a consolation game in the NCAA tournament. Thank you, sir. Gary Kincaid. NFL had runner-up games in the early 60s. I know because my Lions were in it. There you go, Kelly. So weird. Corroboration. Feels so un-American. <laughs> and, then, and then we realized that. We said, this is un-American. Let's re-Americanize this. Thomas, Just one winner. Re-Americanize. Thomas R., NCAA men's tournament, used to have a consolation game in the Final Four. He checks in as well. Trip Tepper. The Final Four had a third-place game until 1981, Kelly. UVA beat LSU in the last third-place affair. I guess that would be a Ralph Sampson game. Yeah? Wow. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Godfather showing, uh, giving me an article about when Super Bowl champs played the college All-Stars. That was another thing. Eric Pinnell, whoa, whoa, Gil. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine? Like, I saw that tweet as well. Can you imagine? Like, those college uh, kids would get murdered. Like, what are we doing out there? <laughs> Eric Pinnell, oh, whoa, whoa, Gil. For the new listeners, let's clarify, let's clarify he introduced me to crack. Yeah, that's true. I should probably clarify that for, Man, for all the kids listening. I sit listening. back here chuckling every time Gil says it. It's okay. I'm referring to Bill Krakenberger, everybody. <laughs> William, William Bean Krakenberger. I don't know if that's his middle name. Not... The other kind. Don't worry. For anybody concerned out there, I think I put Gil really, really far at the bottom of my list of possible crack users. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it. Try not to do it. <laughs> Dan Rockwell. Consolation games were sure were for sure a thing, particularly in lower-level youth basketball tournaments of the 90s. Those third-place medals hit different. Well, that's a different thing. We knew about those, but we're talking about a pro level. Yeah, sure. Give the kids a medal. And Yankee 23 rules also say, might need to rephrase describing someone as he introduced me to crack kill. Yeah, that's probably a good, deal. Probably a good <laughs> point. Go on and on with these. Bruce Dobigan, NFL had a runner-up game in the early 60s as a forerunner to the Pro Bowl. Okay, back to what we were saying before, because I want to just clean this up or, or, or put a bow on it. The other thing that people are talking about after last night is, oh, Geno Smith's not going to win the uh, the comeback player of the year. And I I would agree that he's too big of a favorite in some spots. And shop around, because some he's, he's less of a favorite in some spots than others. But... If you think it's Jared Goff that's going to get it, I would caution you, first of all, right? I, I would sort of slow my roll on that comment about Geno not winning comeback player of the year. Because Jared Goff's stats, we just put them up right here. And, I, and yes, he's played one game fewer. So his counting stats are, are a little behind the curve. But Geno Smith's stats are better than his in almost every category. And then the only other argument I think that can be made is on Christian McCaffrey. And that is a valid argument because Christian McCaffrey, yes, after playing a grand total of 10 games the last two NFL seasons, is having another spectacular year. He's returned to his greatness. Eight games with the Niners, they've won all of them. So there's a case to be made. By the way, I don't think there's a case to be made for Saquon Barkley. Sorry, Saquon. Ticket holders. Nine days ago, you could have gotten... Uh, McCaffrey at 35 to 1. But here's my point about everybody who wants to race and bet McCaffrey for comeback player of the year. You have to assess your handicapping voters now, right? With all of these, we talk about this in baseball too. You're handicapping what you think will matter more to voters. Will it matter more to them than some guy that came back from, let's face it, not really playing football well, sucking, to use my word, probably could come up with a better word, 
But Geno, since 2014, started a grand total of five games in the NFL. Three of them were last year. This year, he has 26 touchdowns and eight picks. Before this year, 34 touchdowns and 37 picks. And by the way, it was five touchdowns and one pick last year. And here's the other big point. So does it matter? Is it going to matter more to voters, Kelly, that a guy is coming back to be great again? Or is it going to matter that it is a redemption story about a guy that not only was bad at football, but here's the point I want to make, but that everybody snickered about. And let's not reduce, let's not minimize that point. People made fun of Geno Smith. He was always the butt of a football joke. And it's that little add-on to me that still will get him the, the, the comeback player of the year in most voters' minds. I really believe that. They won't consciously tell you that's why. But that is why that story is more compelling. Yeah, to I don't voters. disagree. I mean, the the fact that uh, I mean, look, they when they made when Drew Locke was in, included in that trade, yeah. right? I mean, there was a large percentage of people that it was thought, oh, this is Drew Locke's team going forward. So I think that that part factors in as well. Um, That's right. But yeah, I don't know. I'm with you. This this one's tougher. I th- I, I think it's a. I'm not running to make a bet today in this market because it, it is so much trying to read what these voters are going to do. But I'm with you. I think as far as when we look at what the odds are and, and who it should be, who it should be, it's pro- it should be Cheeto. It should be Cheeto. It should be. So I still think Seahawks to make the playoffs plus 160 is better bet than Christian McCaffrey, let's say, to win the comeback player of the year, just discussing the two bets that we've discussed this morning so far. Nick Gates, 50 to 1, somewhere Jason Weingarten is screaming that that should be the comeback player of the year as well. Um, Nick Gates, offensive lineman. Which brings us to a new segment, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let me, before we before we do the intro on this, uh, we, of course, the you know everybody's favorite segment this year was Kelly Bidlin guessing college football lines. Kelly didn't really know college football, so he's just sort of taking shots at college football. And then, you know, I asked him yesterday, I was like, hey, should we do more college football guessing lines for bowl season? And he's like, well, I kind of already knew the lines. And so we thought to ourselves, hey, maybe we should do Kelly Bidlin guesses college football lines that he at one time knew but had already forgotten <laughs> and was guessing again. And <laughs> and we decided, even for us, that was one bridge too far. So yes. what did we come up with? A segment we like to call, We Pick Every Winner in Every College Football Bowl Game. And here's your intro. There it was. Yeah, I was going to say, there's yeah. no, I was like, I really yeah. hope you're not leading into a fancy no, open because there's not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, we, so what did we do? We basically, you know nothing about anything. Yes. And you, what, 43 so, bowl games? Yeah, there's four, I think it's 42. So we're like, I was like, let's just pick them all. I'm like, all right. I'm not, I'm not, well, I'm going to pick them all. Just the winner. And I don't know how you do it. I said, Gil, you do it how you want to do it. I was like, how I'll do it for the college football guessing lines crowd out there. It's like, I'm just going to pick a winner without looking at anything. I, I just went and picked and basically tried to pick who I thought was the favorite kill. So uh, on most of those, that was the game plan. <laughs> is that what you did? Is what I was trying to do was pick who I thought the favorite. All right. So then can I seize on four of these then that you picked? Yeah, yes, we can. But maybe should we run through? Let's run through quickly what we have today. Okay. Right? Just I guess in well, case we, anybody's interested. We both have UAB and, U, and Texas San Antonio. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah was that sound. exciting? Okay. Well, well, is UAB the favorite? Yes. Okay. I know. I UAB, thi- UAB is a big favorite. UTSA is a small favorite. Okay. I, I knew yeah. UTSA was a small favorite. Okay. I will admit that. Okay. So here are the four I'd like to talk to you about real briefly. Okay. You took North Carolina Central against Prime's Jackson oh, State. Oh, I team. know. I knew they were a dog too. I, I I'll admit that one. They're, I knew they're, they're a dog. Very very large dog. Large dog. So you are playing for the Jackson State. Will be completely distracted card here. That's yes. the angle. For That's you. what I'm playing. Yes. 
Dion's leaving. Guys Everybody's are, quit. Guys are going with him. Everybody shut it down. So forget about their chance for an undefeated season. No, nope, they're partying. That <laughs> for, doesn't mean anything. What does about, an undefeated season get? Forget you? about the, the the reason. You know the, the fact that they went to the Celebration Bowl last year and got trounced by South Carolina State. You are taking North Carolina Central from the MEAC to win it outright. That's right. Couldn't name the conference. Couldn't name a player on the team. But, yes, I am taking them to win it outright, Kim. Let me just ask you about a few others. UConn. Great. Crime quit on them. Listen, they quit on school. UConn. Great story. Jim Mora. Yeah. I mean, my goodness. What a, what a story for UConn. Um, they won exactly 10 games since 2015. Hadn't had a winning season since 2010. Didn't play in 2020. 2019 victory over UMass was their only win against an FBS team since the middle of 2017. But they're dead last in the nation in yards per completion. They give it up two or more times, seven times already this year. You like them to win outright against Marshall. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought I, uh, <laughs> All right. I'm just clarifying. I, Gil, I thought there was this, uh, uh, I guess you hit on it lightly there, but I thought this was, there was this nice turnaround story for the UConn program. It's a beautiful year. story. I haven't heard anything about Marshall, so I said UConn. I've heard about them this year. Marshall, number one in the nation in third down stops, fifth in the nation, allowing just 88 yards per game. That doesn't sound good. Okay. Coastal Carolina. Under. You, Coastal Carolina, you got a shot because if Grayson McCall plays, you got a shot. Yeah, yeah, and I knew that one, too. I knew that situation, yeah. and, yes, I chose to play it because if, uh, if McCall plays, then, yes, I like it. Okay. And then you took Tennessee over Clemson. You yep. do realize it's not Hendon Hooker, and you I do. do, and you do realize it's not DJ either. I do. I think this is a uh, a, a Clemson has quit on the season. They did not get their goals. This is a motivational factor. Tennessee's still happy to be here. Tennessee wishes they had quit on DJ a lot earlier. I mean, excuse Clemson. Me, Clemson yeah, does. I know, yeah, right? Clemson really does. We we handed him a Heisman Trophy three years ago. <laughs> Joe Milton, of course, in for uh, Hendon Hooker. We'll come back. World Cup thoughts. Paul Carr next. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. College bowl season is about to kick off, and VSIN has you covered with this year's college football bowl guide. Bowls begin today. This year's guide has picks on the spread and total of every bowl game. VSIN experts like Brent Musburger in there as well, Steve Mackinnon with power rankings for every team and breaks down the motivational factors that affect bowl games. Josh Applebaum give insight into bowl betting strategy, and Adam Burke can help give you an advantage if you're part of bowl confidence bowls. Give yourself an edge. Visit VSIN.com slash subscribe to check out the college football bowl betting guide. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe. Uh, Josh Applebaum always makes me think of Benita Applebaum. Course from tribe, she's got it going on, Benita. Benita, and so we were. <laughs> well, I was watching the uh, the Hall of Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. By the way, the show's four hours, four hours. That's insane. I just don't understand who watches these award shows. Like That'd be me. That'd be me. Um, so Eminem got inducted, and Eminem for his speech, which was actually pretty great. But you know what he decided to do to name every hip hop artist that has ever influenced him. <laughs> So it was like 39 names. And you real it was more than that. So you realized about 5 names in he was doing it alphabetically and you're like, "Oh my god, he's on B." Right? <laughs> and so he would just go he would be like Del the Funky Homo Sapien. He would like go through everybody. <laughs> it's just unbelievable how many names he came up with. And uh what was that? Uh, why am I forgetting the weird moment he had in the booth? Was that Monday Night Football Sunday with Night Brent. Football? With Brent? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah, college it was, football. College yeah, football. Yeah, that's right. So Brent, Brent Musburger, the great Brent Musburger, VEASAN co-founder, and uh, one of the, uh, along with Al Michaels, well, I'll give Brent credit on this before Al even, you know, who made gambling references on mainstream media. 
he once had Eminem. So Brent was kind enough when VEASAN first started. I did a podcast one-on-one with Brent. We tweeted out a little while ago, and he just talked about everything, NFL Today games. But he talked about the Eminem incident. <laughs> he was just, like, bizarrely stoned in it, right? Well, like, was so, he not saying anything so or something? I, I asked Brent that. I go, was he high? And Brent, because I was like, like, imagine me, a little pisher asking that of Brent. Was he high? <laughs> and Brent looks at me and goes, well, lad, no, it wasn't that at all. In a Brent voice, right? He said to me, he goes, he was blinded by the lights of the studio, he said. So, like, Eminem was just a deer in, li- almost literally a deer, not a deer, literally, but he was like a deer in headlights. Because Because Eminem he was, like, blinded. He didn't know what was going on. Because Eminem in his entire career had never been in front of a television camera with lights? Yeah, I don't know if I'm buying it either. Weird. Sorry, I just randomly thought about it's that. okay. That's what we do. A little stream of consciousness. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've established that we used to have consolation games here, both in college basketball and the National Football League. Well, the World Cup does it every time. And Paul Carr is here to join us to talk about that and everything else. How you doing, Paulie? Good, yeah. I just feel like I found out about the NFL consolation games a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I feel like everyone finds out, and they're like, what? what? That was a thing? We did this country? Yeah. Uh, by the way, Paul from Expected from the Expected Value Podcast and True Media Networks, of course, uh, joins us at Paul Carr on Twitter. Paul, so the World Cup, so it's been a little choppy. Let's be kind here of late game by game. But from your pre-flop stuff, you are set up very nicely, aren't you? I'm in good shape. Yeah, I haven't. The tournament itself's been yeah choppy at best sometimes. But uh, I had an Argentina future at plus five fifty. I had a messy top goal scorer at plus 1,400. And then I played an Mbappe top goal scorer before the third group game at plus 250. Wow. Uh, so, and those I could actually split. They both have five, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, they both have five. And that's top goal scorer for me. It's most goals. We're not using the tiebreaker for, the, for this book. Oh, so um, would you get dead heated then, Paul? Is that how correct, yes. Yeah. So they'd get paid half if they tie for each. Yeah, not exact, so. not exactly half with the dead heat math, but yes, right, right. dead heat math is always disappointing for the better. By the way, it when, really a, when is. a better yeah. finally runs into yeah. one of those, you're like, wait, I get what? You right. multiply it by what? Oh, there's there's a top twenty I yeah. hit in golf like every week oh, it's where brutal. I'm like, oh, cool, fun. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Some books will pay you exactly half if it's a two way tie. Just kind of it depends on your books rules. But yeah, I'm in the dead heat pool, so or dead heat rules, so it's not quite half. Uh, before before we get to your uh, consolation game, and uh, I don't. By the way, do they call it a consolation game? Do they call it a third place Gil, game? Gil, it's the third place match. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Third place match. Jeez, get it right, you Par- dumb American. Uh, pardon me. <laughs> Americans uh, are the worst. The third place <laughs> match and the uh, the actual World Cup final. Before we get to your thoughts there, any any betting takeaways now that the tournament is uh, on its final weekend? Any any large macro betting takeaways? Uh, I mean, I, I think we may have talked about this before. It's just. It's all the hard things about soccer rolled into one from a betting perspective, where obviously you have small sample sizes, one kick can change things, one foul, one whistle. So that's a challenge. You get into weird motivations of advancing and resting guys and all that stuff. This one's in the middle of the club season, so you only had a week. We hadn't seen most of these teams in six months or so. Uh, so yeah, it's just a, it's a tough thing to kind of wrap your head around and figure out what's going to happen, just because... There's so many variables, and you just haven't seen these teams. You do get into the Premier League, you see them every week. The motivations are very clear because it's you're just trying to win, and things like that. So yeah, it's just, it's been a little bit tough, but it's just kind of the nature of the beast, the nature of the tournament, and it was exacerbated even more so by having it in the middle of the winter. Well, it, it, exacerbated by that, and it's also, but which brings us to another question, which I'll get to momentarily. But it's also the like 
the biggest example of small sample size, right? If I could yeah. say biggest and smallest in the same sentence. We talk about that like with, with pitchers in baseball. Well, he's only pitched three games, so we don't really have, you know, he's still yeah. April. We don't know what this guy's going to do the rest of the way. But somehow we, we purge that when we talk about the World Cup and we don't think about the fact that eh, maybe some of these teams are really not going to be able to right. display their true level in three group yep. stage games, right? Here's the thing. If they... Let's say they restarted the tournament today. Yeah. Brazil would 100% be the betting favorite. Sure. Absolutely. They were probably the best team at the tournament on the whole. But they went out in the quarters because they, you know, couldn't convert their half dozen really good chances against Croatia and then they lost on penalties. Because Croatia, Croatia, as you Croatia said. Croatia pulled a Croatia. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What about, Lane? I, I know I asked you this a couple weeks ago, but I'll ask you again. Premier League and all the other <laughs> national leagues get, get going. Like, what do you do? Do you just stay off that the first game or two? Like, what do you do? That's that's kind of what I think. I mean, I'm sure I'll end up playing something, but yeah, the first, so the Premier League starts up the 26th because Boxing Day in England is a big kind of a Premier League holiday. Sure. And I have no idea. I mean, I can tell you this. I'm definitely not doing much, if anything, until I at least see some lineups because it wouldn't shock me at all if some of these guys who went deep yeah. rested for a game or two, you well, know, depending on the matchup. Uh, and then they're going to play a bunch of games in a row. You know, it's not like they're going to wait a week and play another one. So there's you know, two, three, four games within a week or two. Uh, so, yeah. So it becomes Look for a lineup, see who's there. Yeah. It essentially becomes an information handicap as opposed to how you would normally do so. You just got kind of. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Who's who's playing? Who's not? Who's playing for how long? And right. If they're on a pitch count, if you will. Right. Um, yeah. I'd like to think, you know, the middle of the pack teams who maybe don't have as many players broadly speaking, might be a little safer, but you know, they, a lot of those teams also have a guy or two and it could be a key guy or two. Yeah. So it's going to be a really weird, like nobody knows. We're all just guessing what this is going to be like. Cause this season in the premier league is always nuts. Cause you play so many games so compactly. And that usually favors the bigger teams because they have more depth. Maybe, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we have a precedent here. All right, yeah. let's get to it. Third place match, Paul. Everybody right. knows it's called that. That's tomorrow. Croatia and Morocco. How are you playing it? This is kind of a brain dead sort of play. 10 of the last 11 third place games have had at least three goals and six, 11 have had four. It's, it's a cliche that, you know, the third place game is wide open because the teams don't you know, care to the same extent they care because third place does get a medal, which is cool, but you know, not to the same extent that you're playing for a final or something like that. So yeah, it's a cliche that it's open. Uh, so I played over two and a half at even money. You can still get close to that at some places. Wouldn't go a whole lot past minus 110 or so. Uh, yeah, I just think it'll be open. You saw Morocco, what they can do attacking wise when they had to against France, uh, Croatia. I just don't think either team's going to be as rigid defensively as they have been. So I think we'll have some opportunities and get even money or so on over two and a half. I took that. Third place matches can get weird. Over yep. for Paul Carr. And then Argentina and France. How do you see it going? What's the bet? Yeah, so I don't have a play on a side because I have the future and I'm sitting on it. I'm not going to hedge it. It's not, yeah, I'm generally team no hedge. On the whole, so I'm not going to hedge this one. I'll take the Argentina plus 550 to lift the trophy, essentially. Uh, it's an interesting matchup because it's very even. I mean, you look at the odds. They're more or less a pick em, uh, to lift the trophy. And I think France has a higher ceiling, meaning if France is France, what they can be, you know, they can light it up a little bit more. They also tend to play a little more conservatively, and their defense is a little more questionable. And I think Argentina has a higher floor, meaning, you know, I don't think they're going to be terrible. There's a chance France defense kind of gives up 
a lot of those chances, like they gave up to Morocco, but Argentina actually finished those. those. So I lean Argentina on the whole in this one. Although again, I have the play, full disclosure, I'm not putting in a bet on this. Uh, the one play I do have is the first half draw at minus 110 because I think it's going to be cagey. Argentina does not give up many chances, fewer than six shots a game so far. And France is a little more defensive-minded first, despite their attacking talent. So nil-nil, one-one type of first half at most. I like uh, getting minus one ten on that. So that's my one additional play: minus one ten first half draw. Argentina France first half draw, and then next summer Women's World Cup, we are like Brazil on the men's side on steroids, right? We are tremendously favored in that. Correct? Uh, I haven't looked at the odds, but yeah, U.S. will probably be a little less favored. Like every year, they get a little bit less favored yeah. because especially the European teams close the gap. But uh, yeah, get ready for U.S. Vietnam in the opener and U.S. to be favored by eight and a half goals. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Appreciate <laughs> it, man. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Have a good one. Paul Carr, everybody. Kelly, breaking news real quick. Yeah, breaking news. Jets doctors will not clear Mike White for contact for, before Sunday's game versus Detroit. Zach Wilson to start. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Coming back. Kelly wants to vent about something. Our boy lost a bet. Next. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's that time of year again, and there's no better way for sports fans to celebrate the season than with BetMGM's 12 Days of Giveaways. Opening your presents is easy. Just sign into your BetMGM account. 
and unwrap a new giveaway every day between December 14th and December 25th. You'll find everything a better needs to enjoy the holidays, including deposit matches, free bets, and parlay boost tokens. For all your favorite sports, log into your BetMGM account or sign up today for 12 days of giveaways from the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Apologize for the uh, allergy stuff he knows. We get tweets at beating the book. DJ the Southern Gent saw a 30 for 30 recently. No kin to me. It centered around LSU legend Rudy Macklin, his performance in the final ever third place game in the NCAA basketball tournament and the controversy that took place following the game. Uh, this is from Not Kyle. Oh, he's put, putting together everything we've talked about this morning. He says, there's always a runner-up match at the national crack cooking competition. Again, <laughs> perhaps I should be more clear about who I was talking about. I don't know that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happens to the loser there. Probably not good yeah. things. Jason H. 11, no need to look for a better word. Sucking just about covers it and does it well. Talking about Geno Smith's prior, uh, prior career. Scotty B726, I think Drew Locke being included was a head fake. Seattle pretended they needed a quarterback in return for giving up the great Russell Wilson. Yes, uh, I agree. That has somehow gotten lost in history. People are like, oh, it could be Drew Locke. Geno Smith was always the number one. Drew Locke was just scheduled to play a preseason game as predetermined. Uh, Bill Hooker, after listening to rock and roll for 50-plus years, apparently I don't know what constitutes a rock and roll song. Yeah, Amen. that's a problem with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because Dolly Parton wanted to beg out of it because she's like, well, I'm not a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, but they convinced her to be there. Rapper's in there as well, so probably should be a music Hall of Fame. And yes... Um, Oh, here's one more. Uh, Cowboy Dave, 1972. Do you guys still have the global line mover guy on Friday mornings? Yes, Michael Craig from Right Angle Sports will join us at the top of the hour. But the big news, and Grayson Rossi also tweeted about the, the big news, and, and Kelly just mentioned it before the break. Kelly, can you mention it again, please? Por favor. Yes, uh, this is from Adam Schefter sources, and everybody confirming it now, basically. Uh, Jets doctors not, will not clear Mike White for contact before Sunday's game versus Detroit. Uh, Zach Wilson to get the start. White wanted to play and has practice, but Jets are not signing off. Cleared for practice, not cleared for contact. And so Zach Wilson, so all that talk that Robert Sala kept pushing forward about keeping Zach Wilson happy, like, hey, I still think he'll play quarterback again this year kind of thing, just to keep him mentally focused. Zach Wilson is your starter. What this has done to the line, and for those of us who already bet the Jets, good God, man, this changes things. So... The Jets were a slight favorite before the news. Man. What's your expression? Jump the fence? Jump the fence, yep. And now the Lions are a slight one-point favorite. Jets were about a a one-and-a-half-point favorite before this. I I actually went and bet the under 44-and-a-half that was out there uh, just now. Um, I'm seeing one shop here in Vegas. They've gone to two on the Lions and 43-and-a-half on the total. I'm wondering how much this is going to move. The other thing is there are other Corey Davis will not play for the Jets. Him dealing with concussion issue has been ruled out. And then Quinn and Williams, Robert Sala, is uh, saying it's 50-50. Uh, Sala talking, I think, right now. Uh, this tweet from Jonathan Jones. Jets coach Robert Sala didn't say whether Zach Wilson will remain the starter with a good performance versus the Lions. J- Jets have a short week versus the Jags in Week 16. Sala said this is a good opportunity for Wilson to get back on track. Um, it sure is. I yeah, mean, that's, and, and ended, I guess ended it with calling Mike White an absolute warrior. Mike White, man, he got just pummeled in that game last week. 
He is a warrior. But this I love him. But just this quarterback change, and it's reflected again in the betting market by it going from you know the Jets being a slight favorite to the Lions being a slight favorite. It also calls into question everything that I said about, you know, the betting plus one sixty on the Seahawks earlier on the show, because now if the Lions are able to win this game, yeah, and the scales have tipped in their favor a bit, then it's sort of maybe the Lions can get there kind of thing. Though we'd have to look at Lions Seahawks tiebreakers, right? But then that would that would be much more of a thing at that point. So um, did those two teams play this year? I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Did the Lions and Seahawks play? Um, so yeah, I don't know. It just basically to. just basically calls that into question a little more now. And but what Robert Sala is saying, Kelly, is absolutely right. By the way, the Seahawks won. Remember that yeah. 48 to 45 game. So the Seahawks win all tiebreakers. So okay, I'll still stick with what I was saying about the Seahawks. But this is huge for the Lions in terms of uh, a better uh, opponent or a better, more favorable opponent for them on paper in Zach Wilson than, than Mike White. And imagine we've gotten to that. The number two pick in the draft, we are saying confidently, is such a you know a downgrade, and the betting market is as well for Mike White. But this is Zach Wilson's opportunity for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, man. And if you're Zach Wilson... You got to seize it, man. You got to seize it. Yeah, I, I mean, this chance. is a this is a career-defining moment this Sunday, right? It is. This is, this is your moment to seize back... The reins of your career. I mean, he, if he has a bad game, yeah, we oh. might not see Zach Wilson ever again. Oh, for sure, because we already thought that that was a possibility even before this. So now that he has this, uh, you know, this opportunity, he's you know, got to. You know, my favorite thing. One of my favorite things is about Mike White. Have you seen him in his press conferences? No. So, <laughs> so he's just rocking like this, like a t-shirt. He's got a t-shirt on with this like subtle chain, you know, not like over the top, just some like. Like winter jacket on, you're like, oh, wait, I guess you got to make like hundreds of millions before you start going like, you know, hardcore with what you're wearing at the press conferences. Does anybody uh, when they ask out for for a question, they go, Micah, I have a question. Hey, Micah. <laughs> a couple other things, of course, Survivor. We talked about this extensively with Joe Pita earlier this week. So much response to the Joe Pita Survivor hedging segments that we did. But the Survivor story, once again, is there's 30 entries left in Circus Survivor. Remember the first seven weeks, 6,008 of 6,133 got bounced. In the next seven weeks, only 55 of the remaining 125 got bounced. And then this past week, it went from 70 to 30. Intrinsic value of the remaining or each of the remaining 30 entries, $204,433.33. What do you do? So here are, again, here are what is available in terms of the biggest favorites on the board. And there's only a handful of games that are over four points in terms of favorites. And one of them, Washington's only four and a half, right? So the team's favored by four or more points in week 15 when we did this on Wednesday anyway. Buffalo, Philly, and Dallas not available to anybody of the remaining 30 entries in Circus Survivor. But two do have KC. They're the biggest favorite on the board. 14-point favorites against the Texans. Four have the Packers, touchdown favorites, now six and a half, on Monday night hosting the Rams. So the assumptions on the right are that of Joe Pita, that both Chiefs entries will use the Chiefs. Four people have the Packers left. They'll all use the Packers. There is no overlap between the Chiefs and the Packers entries, the ones that have those two teams available. There are nine that have the Vikings available hosting the Colts, Two of those nine, though, have the Packers or the Chiefs available. So seven of the nine Vikings ought to use the Vikings. 
And then after those 13, then it's kind of speculative. How many will take the Commanders? How many will take the Saints? Who would you take? If you had, let's say you didn't have the Packers or Chiefs available, Kelly, who would be your survivor selection if you had the remaining ones that we noted available? Man, I think it would be, uh, I think it would be the Commanders or the Saints. Yeah, one of those. I'll, t- I'll tell you, I'm not, I would not feel confident about playing Green Bay. That, that is one – I don't have a bet on it. We'll go over our bets here in a second. But I, I'm regretting not taking a piece of Rams plus seven and a half earlier in the week. That's kind of – I think it's at seven right now. Wasn't it at seven and a hook, was it? I didn't miss the hook. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was some seven and a halves out there. I did – like, in what world are we living in? I know Matt Brown talked about this on Monday. We hit it a bit on guessing last. What, what, what world are we living in where the Packers should be laying seven points to anybody? Yeah. I don't care. As long as it's a professional football team, it shouldn't be laying seven points to them. Yeah. No. I mean, listen, it's if you're the guy, there's one guy who has two entries left. He's the only one. Would you split? Yeah. You would. Yeah. You would sacrifice a $204,000 entry just to stay alive. Yes, because I don't you think this week could potentially be a bloodbath? It could be. Survivor-wise? Well, boy, that's tough. It's one thing to speculate on in theory, but when it's you at that moment? Yeah, sure. You're, yeah, you're asking me on the air right now. <laughs> Here's if I was that guy, I'd probably walk around a room and think about it for about three straight days. Two people still go for the bonus as well. Still have KC, excuse me, still have Cincinnati and the Rams available to them. Uh, my bets that I've made this week, and now I'm kind of regretting the Jets one, but I've bet the Jets. Uh, I've bet the Dolphins plus the seven and the hook. I bet that as well. I know, let the hate wash over me. I know it's a bad spot, but give me seven and a hook. I'll take that. Uh Jets, Dolphins also took Cincinnati, laid the four points, uh, took the Jags plus the four and a half, and I laid the points with the Eagles. Those are my bets. Yours, Kelly? Vikings, Bills, money line parlay. Dolphins, Bills, under 44 and a half. I did just add Lions, Jets, under 44. Bengals laying three, bought the hook. And how about France and even money to win the <laughs> World Cup? You better hope that virus is contained. Yeah, I know, right? God, so much, so much swirling around all these games. Michael Craig, right angle sports. College basketball play of the uh, of the day. We'll move some global lines on the other side. Visa, the Sports Betting Network. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.